Welcome to Sex, Body and Soul. I'm Kate Roberts, founder of The Body Agency. And on this show, we talk about the marvel that is our bodies, what they can do and what they need to thrive. Ladies out there, our time is now. Let's get to it. Our next guest is Michelle Jacoby, and she has been helping single people find the one since 2009. She has very successfully matched people who've gotten married, many from dating sites. Now, Michelle lives in D.C. and has her own experience of finding the one. We delve into what dating looks like today, some of the misconceptions, what we are looking for, how to really make a plan, and how we're probably dating wrong. Welcome to the show, Michelle Jacoby. Michelle Jacoby, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Well, me too, because we're going to talk about my favorite subject, dating. Dating today, which, oh my gosh, I could write a book on, personally. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) And you did. And the book is called Never Waste Time on the Wrong Man Again, a five-step strategic plan to stop wasting time and finally find the one. Well, if only it was that easy, but you're about to tell us how easy it is. But first of all, let's dive into you for okay. a minute. I feel I feel like I'm on I feel like I'm on the show Sex in the City where Carrie Bradshaw is asked at one of her speeches, "Are you dating?" You know, she gives dating <laughs> advice and they're like, "Are you dating?" She's like, "Well, uh, actually no." And then they were like, "Well, who are you to give us advice?" But for you it's a little different because you are in a very successful relationship now with your husband. And tell us how you got there and why you decided to be a dating coach. Sure. (laughs) And first of all, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I don't have the fancy microphone. I'm going to hold this because I want your listeners to really hear me. I, like many women, wasted a lot of time in relationships that didn't serve me. I was divorced at a young age at 35 and then started dating and doing my best just like everyone does. And I was dating really unskillfully. And I ended up in some relationships that were not healthy, that were quite toxic. And, you know, I I was looking in the mirror at 40 years old, thinking to myself, I'm a very intelligent person. Mm. Everything else in my life is really beautiful, but this is the one area where I just cannot get it right. I've never had my needs met in a relationship. I've never been loved the way I want to be loved and deserve to be loved. And I had to come up with a plan to really change that. And so I sat down and I wrote for hours and figured out how I was going to date differently. And I started implementing the plan right away. And the quality and caliber and and the kindness and the emotional well-being and health of the people I started meeting skyrocketed. Just the caliber of men I started dating was completely different when I started using this plan. And so I, um, not long after that, met my husband. He's really, truly wonderful. We've been married for over a decade. And I started teaching this plan to my clients. I was already a professional matchmaker and I started coaching women. And it just turned into a program that I teach now that really, really works. And I've honed it as times have changed and online dating has changed and all of these things. But, you know, there is a way to date that's very strategic and very smart. And you need to understand how men think and how men date right? And really how to have strong boundaries and to insist that you're treated beautifully and insist that you only invest your time in people who treat you properly and who have the capacity to be the kind of partner that Mm -hmm. you deserve. 
All right. Well, we're going to get into some of those topics. But first of all, when you were 35, you already had children. After getting divorced, how did you date? Did you use the apps? Like, how did you do it? <laughs> I literally did everything. I was, I was determined to have fun and to go out there and meet people. So I went to singles events. I went to meetup groups. I had my friends fix me up. I dated online. In those days, there was even like Craigslist personals and I placed an ad. Like, oh, I you just, don't want to do that. No, no. <laughs> don't it, go well, on Craigslist, It doesn't exist anymore, actually. Oh. But I just was very proactive. I was social. I met new people. I just was determined to get out there. And this is when I had, you know, young children. So mm. I was prioritizing dating and I was having fun, actually. But I was not mm-hmm. in the beginning doing things in a way that, that, you know, ended me in a relationship that was a good one. Okay. So you'd mentioned to really understand how men date. Talk us through that. How do men date? Because I think they date very differently to women. I mean, that's my sense, but give me your take. Yeah, no, it's very true. So women, we're very goal-oriented when we date. If we make the decision that we're going to find our partner, we're looking for our partner for the most part. I mean, some people date casually, but for the most part, that's what I've seen. Men, while they are open to and looking for a committed relationship, will play until they find that. So they might invest time and energy dating someone they're not that interested in while they're looking for the person they're excited about. And what I don't want my clients to be is that woman whose time is being wasted because they're not that into her, right? And men also, this is so true, will show you through their behavior, not their words, exactly how they feel and exactly what they want. And I think women, when we use our words, we, we mean what we say. But for men, all you got to do to figure out if someone's into you, you know, is to watch what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Don't so much listen to what he's saying. Just watch what he's doing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Does he follow up on texts immediately? Does he listen to what you say and then follow up on that? Like if you happen to mention that you like flowers, if he brings flowers, that means I think those are the sorts of signs that he's really into you. But Michelle, I mean, let's be honest you know in your gut, like I feel like you know in your gut if this person, I I think you know almost like on the first date or even the second date. I'm going to challenge that a little bit because I think think a lot of people are programmed to choose the wrong person and you can't trust that instinct. I think, and I've done a lot of reading and studying on this, that's how was your childhood? Did you have an example of love in your home that was healthy? Because sometimes we gravitate towards something that feels familiar. And so sometimes our gut misleads us. And my gut was misleading me and I was choosing the wrong kind of guy. So I actually think a lot of people immediately, you know, will feel a connection with someone who's a very bad fit for them. As a matter of fact, in all the years I've been a matchmaker and a coach, I know of two divorces and both of those divorces were people who became exclusive within a week or two. They just knew. And those are the two that didn't work out, you know, so I I teach a a way that's a little more pragmatic and a little less romantic because I think you really have to involve your brain and not just your gut and your heart when you're dating. I think you have to make some really wise choices. Yeah. Do you know, it's very funny that you use the word plan and that you also use the word strategic plan or the words because a life coach that I had before I got married sat me down and said, what are your goals? And I said... (laughs) You know, it's at the time of my life where, you know, I've never really been 
goal oriented into getting married or or having a child, but I'm actually at the stage in my life that I wish to settle down and have a child. And I was in my late thirties at the time. So the clock was ticking. And he said, well, you've got to look at this in a strategic way. And he, he asked me a very simple question. He said, how have you made your company successful? How have you made your career successful? And I was like, well, why are you asking me these questions? And he said, because you need to take the same approach. If this is your goal now, you need to take the same approach in finding your match. And I really listened to that. I was, it was quite jarring for me because, you know, in pop culture as young girls, you see the guy on the white horse or, or you, you know, you read the stories about Prince Charming and you think it's all going to happen organically, but it doesn't, especially these days. <laughs> doesn't happen organically. You're not going to just usually run into somebody in Whole Foods, although that is a good place to meet people. I actually did run into, I dated a guy for four years who I met at Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a great place. Yeah. But you know, you said something really insightful. I'm located in Washington, DC, and a lot of my clients are, you know, very successful business owners and, yeah. and people who've, they've written business plans. They would never think to start a business without a business plan. Yeah. And yet, when you're dating, this is the decision that's going to impact your happiness more than any decision you will ever make in your life. This person will really impact your happiness, and yet you have no plan. People generally have no plan. It's like they're ready to dive into the deep end of the pool and jump into the dating pool, but they have not learned to swim in the least. <laughs> you know. So what my goal is when I work with my clients is to give them a plan. We literally create a plan, and then I teach them how to execute that plan. So your coach was very, very intelligent to say that to you. Very insightful. You're absolutely right. And, you know, for some people, it does work out that way. You marry your college sweetheart and lived happily ever after. But for the majority of people, it doesn't work out that way. And, you know, I think the, the more time and effort and heart that you put into the process of finding love, the more successful you'll be. But some people put time and effort and heart in and they just don't have the skills and I want to emphasize that dating is a skill. And a lot of people beat themselves up because they haven't been successful. It's not intuitive. We're actually designed to choose the wrong person, in my opinion. And, you know, negative bias is something we can talk about this also, that when we're dating, we have a totally different perspective. We're looking for what's wrong instead of what's right. We're doing things differently than how we do them in every other aspect of our lives. I actually believe some of this is biological. So, you know, you need a plan. And I don't know that you can always trust your gut. And I don't think you should beat yourself up if you're having a hard time. I think if you just date differently, you can get completely different and better results. So the business people here, myself included, you know, when we've written our business plan, we've got a PowerPoint. We really do have a plan and a, a budget and <laughs> investors and all the rest of it. What do you mean by a plan? Like physically talk us through what a plan is. Like, are you doing the, okay, you have a list where it's like, I need this, 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 and this, because that often doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So I'll talk about what a plan is, but first I want to tell you what it's not. So one of the things that doesn't work when you're dating is to be so goal oriented that everything you do is about figuring out if someone's your husband, because a lot of business women and successful women in general just are very goal oriented in that, you know, I know what I want and I go after it and I get it. That doesn't always work with dating. I think that you need to be more in the moment and just enjoying the moment. If you go on a date and you're trying to assess whether this person could be your husband, 
it just kills the chemistry. It's not fun. It feels like an interview. So I, I do want to emphasize that while it's important to have a plan, it's also important just to have fun and have faith that things will work out and just be in the moment. You can't chase a man. That does not work. So if you're really interested in someone, you're going to have to let him, you know, make the effort, create the momentum and pursue you because men are men, whether they know it or not, they want to make an effort. And if you make yourself too available, that's not the smartest strategy. Well, also, if a man wants you and a man wants to date you. They show you. Yeah. A man who's motivated, yeah, will pursue you. He'll be consistent. He'll ask to spend time with you. Just because someone's texting you a lot doesn't mean that he's that into you. It could mean that he's bored and has nothing to do. But a man who's really motivated to see you, he's not that busy with work. You know, he's not unavailable. He'll, he'll drive two hours to come be with you. A man who's into you will make it happen. But let's talk about a plan. So one of the things that we do, that I do with my clients, is talk about lists, making a list of preferences versus a list of needs. There's so many things that we want. We have an idea in our mind of this man we've been conjuring for a long time who would be a really great fit for us. But most of those things that we're looking for don't impact your happiness ultimately. They really will not impact compatibility. I've never had a woman say to me, my husband's fabulous because you know, he's the best husband you could ever imagine because he's six foot two, you know, <laughs> or because when we met, he lived 10 minutes from me. No, things like height, location, race, extroversion, being well-dressed, all of these things, being even wealthy, like these things will not necessarily impact your happiness, but they may be things you'd prefer to have. We get really clear on the things that you must have that are your needs that have not been met. Like for instance, all of my clients, their number one thing on their list of needs is I must be with a man who has high self-esteem and is emotionally healthy. If your listeners get one thing from this show today, let that be the thing. Because drama in a relationship and toxic relationships usually stem from one or both partners having low self-esteem. You're on your own journey. You're working on your own self-esteem. But give yourself the gift of choosing someone who really loves himself and feels worthy of love because he'll know how to give it. So that's the first thing. But then, you know, you think about, are you someone who wants to have a child? If you want to have a child, don't waste a minute on someone who doesn't. You know, on my list of needs, I wanted to date a financial adult someone who I would respect their financial decisions, who I could trust, you know, would never put me in financial jeopardy. I also wanted to date, and I put this on my list of needs, someone who made me feel like he was excited to be with me and really loved me the way that I was and showed me through his words and actions consistently every single day. Now, obviously, I didn't expect that in week two, but I had never had that and I wanted that. And so that was a need that I wanted to have met and I knew by writing it down in my list of needs that I was going to get that ultimately because anyone who didn't make me feel that way and who didn't do that, I wasn't going to invest in. So I want you to think about what do you need and put that on a very short list of under 10 things. You know, I've had women say to me, well, I need someone who makes as much money or more than me. And I, I beg to differ. What is that really about? You know, that might just mean I need to be with someone who is interesting and smart and who I love to talk with and be with. That could be, I need to be with someone who is a financial adult, as I said before. Really, I work to pare down, what do you need? Because once you know what you need, that's what you're going to end up with. We also talk about boundaries. We create a tool called a protective contract. We write down the behaviors we will not accept from a partner, negative behaviors, and then bullet point examples. And then I teach my clients how to use this. 
so that when they see red flag behaviors, instead of sweeping them on under the rug and focusing on all the things that are, you know, that, that you do like, red flag behaviors are symptoms of a larger issue that if not addressed will become a huge issue later. Mm-hmm. And give some examples of red flag behavior. Sure. I will not date a man who criticizes me consistently. That's a simple one. Underneath bullet points could be, he criticizes my choice of friends, my work, the way I eat, the way I dress, the way I look, whatever, whatever it is. And then I teach my clients how to advocate when you see that happening. You're in a relationship and someone's criticizing you. You say to the gentleman, your boyfriend, your partner, or the person you're just dating for I don't know how long, I made a decision before I met you that I'm not going to be in a relationship with someone who criticizes me. I'm not sure if you're aware that you do it, but here are some examples of what's happening. If this continues, I'm not going to date you anymore. And there's three different kinds of responses you'll get from this man. The first one will be to negate you, you know, to deny the behavior or to turn it around and attack you. If that happens, you just walk away. The second kind of response you're going to get is, you're absolutely right. I'm so sorry. I won't do that anymore. But over time, we'll just start to do it again, because for whatever reason, that's part of who he is. And that person's the person you're going to waste years on. That's the person you have to walk away from because he can't show up as the partner you deserve. And why doesn't matter. And the third person is the person who's going to really hear you and change his behavior because he wants to for himself, for the relationship and for you. And that's the guy that's worth investing in. So there are more like I teach my clients how to date and meet people both online and offline in a way that's strategic and efficient, how to understand men, how they think, date and operate all the different aspects of dating. But those are two examples of being really thoughtful before you even start dating so that when you do start dating, you can quickly assess, is this person meeting my needs? And is this person treating me the way I deserve to be treated? Is this person emotionally healthy? Is this someone worth investing in? When I coach my clients, I teach them to be very, very open-minded and very open about who they'll meet. Be open to someone older or younger or a different race or further away, but be very, very specific, like a funnel. It gets really small at the bottom. Be very specific about who you invest your time and energy and your heart in. Let's talk about these apps for a second, because I think the majority of people now use these apps, whether you're 19 or 90, that's how people tend to meet each other. And you've done it. Well, let me be clear. I didn't use the app. So I was dating on Match.com and, you know, a lot of these regular, more traditional dating sites. Apps are newer and apps are different because they're designed in such a way that they can be really, really anxiety causing Yeah, and, exactly. and not good for your health. And I actually had a gentleman I'm working with tell me that that he was taking them off his phone because they were making him crazy. Well, I mean, it's an awful process and it's soul destroying. But it doesn't have to be. That's part of the plan is how to use them in a way. They're a beautiful, beautiful tool that our parents' generation didn't have to meet each other. They're amazing. I mean, you can literally sit on your couch with a glass of Chardonnay and go man shopping and reach out to people you'd never have the opportunity to connect with. But the problem is we don't use them in a way that is efficient, smart, and feels good. I'm so passionate about these apps. I actually had a friend over the other day. He's in his mid-40s. He was swiping on Tinder, which some people think is for hookups, but actually people use it to date and find relationships. And I was so sad watching the way he was swiping left and right. He was judging people on such stupid stuff that will have absolutely nothing to do 
with whether or not they would be a good partner for him, like literally a shirt or too much makeup or the background in a picture. It's so sad. So one of the things that I recommend is taking them off your phone or only using them during certain periods, having a half hour in the morning and a half hour in the evening, slowing down. And this is why I I use match.com. I use the traditional sites more with my clients because people slow down a little bit more. The swipey action actually activates a part of our brain that like drugs activate and it's not healthy. It becomes a compulsion. Yeah. Addiction. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's not healthy. So if you're going to be on an app like Bumble or Tinder or Hinge or any of the apps where you swipe left or right, I suggest making a rule that you don't touch it on your phone except for at a, a designated time every day. And then you step away from it because it's just not healthy. And then when you do slow down and look at each person with curiosity, understanding that a lot of people are really bad at dating, but they're really good people. So don't judge so quickly. Yeah. I think this is challenging, Michelle, because what we also know about men is they are very visual creatures, right? So Whereas I think women are a little bit more forgiving in that way where they're like, okay, well, he has nice eyes or, you know, he has this or that. And she might swipe for those reasons or she's read the profile and it's like, okay, well, you know, he has something in common with me, has children. And, you know, as you say, lives close by, he's nice and tall, like whatever. Men are visual creatures. So if they are not aesthetically attracted to you in that photo, they're going to swipe left, right? So a very, very good girlfriend of mine, so, so frustrated, was on the apps and she's gorgeous and talented and, you know, very successful businesswoman and divorced and kids and all the rest of it. And we were commiserating together about these dating sites because, her in person, I mean, I don't know what her dating profile looks like, but in person, she's just like this incredible woman. And she would just get the real losers. I mean, I hate to say this, but they were just not at her level. And she would even like go out with these guys on a date and then they would ghost her. And she didn't even have a good time on the date. You know, she wasn't attracted to them. And it just feels like you know, you're in DC, we're in DC, but I have tons of friends in New York and also London, and it's all the same stuff. It is soul destroying. This process is soul destroying and it feels uneven. Everything you're saying is most people's opinion of dating. Yeah. So I yeah. will acknowledge that your friend's experience and her perception of dating is very common. And your listeners, many of them probably feel the same way. But in reality, I would really, really challenge that. First of all, you might be surprised to know that on a site like Match.com, it's 80% men. Really? Yes. There are some sites like eHarmony is more heavily women. How do you know that? Because I go to dating conferences and I meet with the data people from different sites. There are dating conferences? Yes. I go to them every single year. Dating Wait, do people go there to date or do they no, go no, there no. to These are, no. professional I mean, I, conferences? I run a matchmaking organization. We, have, we had 80 matchmakers at a conference in Cancun in November, but there's also conferences where all of the CEOs and the data people from like Match.com and OkCupid and Hinge, they go to these conferences and we they talk to us about statistics. And I've learned a lot of interesting things from these conferences. I'm not sure right now exactly what percentage of people on a site like Match are male, but there are lots of quality men. 
The first problem is that quality men don't translate quote on paper or online as they just like your friend. Yeah. So So part of the reason, you know, I'm also a professional matchmaker and have been for 14 years. Part of the reason that a lot of these really high caliber men end up hiring me is because they dated online with zero success. Yeah. And then I went after, after they hired me, I went online and I looked at their profiles and I could not believe how horrible they were. Horrible. Like bathroom selfies and car selfies and negative stuff written down. And I'm like, wow, this man you know, who runs an organization and is a wonderful dad and is so well-dressed and well-spoken and so kind and all these things, his dating profile was complete and utter crap. Yeah. And by the way, my wonderful husband's online dating profile was complete and utter crap. Well, I, you know, I have to say, Michelle, this is very interesting because, you know, I've also done a lot of research in this area and men always tell me, because I love talking about dating. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I often talk about it at cocktail parties or whatever, but love to do my research. And men say things to me like, oh, it's horrible putting together a dating profile. First of all, I don't have any photos. Now that to me, right? If I'm looking at the dating profile, that to me says, you don't have any friends taking photos of you. Why don't you have these photos? And then a blurry photo, right? Something that's not in focus or I don't know, he's holding a fish. Because that's when men have their photo taken, when they're holding the fish. Yeah, I know, but I don't... That you have to stop making assumptions. But everyone's doing this, Michelle. I know, but not my clients. My clients are having a lot of success meeting fabulous men because one of the things I teach is stop making assumptions. Assumptions keep you single. You know, don't yeah. look at a picture and think, I could not date a guy with that couch. Or why is he in yeah. the gym with his shirt off? he probably is thinking like a guy, not thinking like a woman. And he's like, I'm in shape. I take care of myself. You know, I'm just going to show that on my God. Dudes are dudes. They don't think the way women think. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if my husband had reached out to me on match.com 12 years ago, I would have deleted his email because his profile was negative and his pictures were horrible. Thank God I met him in person at a restaurant. But I'm just saying, everything you're saying is what I hear every single day. Everyone's saying, yeah. That's how everyone thinks. But okay, first of all, I think as women, there's something biological in us. It must be a survival instinct that we look for what's wrong. We immediately look for what's wrong. I can have a woman go on a date and spend three and a half hours talking about wonderful things and he did two things wrong and she doesn't want to see him again. Okay, so when you're looking at these profiles, slow down and think to yourself, could this guy be a really good guy who's bad at online dating? Catch yourself making assumptions. Just like my friend in the kitchen who was swiping was making all these assumptions about women. And by the way, pictures do matter. One of the things we do with our clients is make sure they have pictures, not only that are pretty, but send the right message. So a lot of women, if you go online and you look at other women's profiles, they look angry. OkCupid shares data. Women who smile and look directly at the camera get many more clicks than women who are not smiling or looking away from the camera. I want a man to look at the pictures and think she looks beautiful, you know, attractive to me, but she also looks like a really nice person. She looks happy, right? And I, I also studied response to color. I'm certified in body language. And like, I think that it's good to wear color and not black in your profile so that you stand out and you, you're perceived as happier, warmer, kinder, more open. You know, there, there are certain little, I don't want to say they're tricks, but they're strategies to online dating. When you write your profile, you want to write a profile that speaks to exactly the kind of man you want to attract. 
these generic profiles where you throw three sentences together about the things you like to do and a few adjectives, that's not really the smartest way to date. You know, if you want someone who is really intellectual and smart, like if you're a sapiophile, that's someone who really is turned on by intelligence, you have to write a really intelligent profile that's going to resonate with him, right? So there's, there's different ways to date that are thoughtful and thought out and planned that almost everyone who comes to me says exactly what you just said. It's terrible out there. Honestly, no, my clients are meeting fabulous men online. They're great. And in cities like London and New York and DC, and look, even in small towns, there are incredible men. Yeah. Wonderful it's just people. finding them. But it's not just finding them. It's not, a lot of women are just swiping left on them all day long. Yeah. But ultimately, Michelle, let's be honest, like once we get over that hurdle, right, of setting up the right profile and, and swiping strategically, ultimately, when you meet, you've got to have the chemistry and you've got to have the sexual attraction, right? Because without those two things, like they can have all those things that you're looking for. But ultimately, if you don't want to have sex with that person and you really try, right, you give it a couple of times and you're still not feeling it, it's toast. Chemistry is not something that just happens. It's something that you both can actively create. And one of the things that most women don't understand, and men actually, is that there are certain things you can do and say on a date to really create connection. Chemistry has two different aspects to it. One is the physical. I'm physically attracted to your look, to your smell, to the way you move, to, you know, I'm physically attracted to you. And the other aspect is I feel emotional connection with you. So the physical, it, it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. But especially for women, the emotional connection really matters. So there are certain things you can do on a date to create an opportunity for both people to really show up. A lot of people are just kind of sleepwalking through their dates. They're having the same conversations with someone on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it's sad, right? So what would happen if at the beginning of a date, you had a big smile on your face, you gave the guy a hug and said, I've been looking forward to this all week. What would happen if you decided you liked him before you even knew if you liked him and you approached the date that way? What if you complimented him on something that you were thinking. I really like how this guy talks about his kids. He sounds like a wonderful dad. What if you said that to him and made him feel liked immediately so that he could just relax and have a good time? Or what if someone did that for you? You know, what if we didn't talk about our exes and we stayed positive and we didn't say to someone, so tell me your story. What if we just had fun together? There's just a way to approach a date. There's things to do at the beginning, the middle and the end of a date. What if at the end of the date, you really let someone know you had a phenomenal time instead of saying, I had a nice time. And even if, what if you had a different way of deciding whether or not to go on a second date with someone? Because most of the people listening have gone on a ton of first dates and very few second dates because nobody really floats their boat. But what if you had a different way of assessing, you know, and understanding that dating today is hard in the, in the olden days, whenever that was, we used to meet someone at work or in our neighborhood or through a friend and we're, you know, walking the dog and we would see them and then they would grow on us. But now you have two hours to figure out if you're, yeah. you know, you have quote chemistry. What are you doing to create that chemistry? How are you showing up? But isn't it chemical, Michelle? Aren't the pheromones? That's part of it, but that's certainly not all of it. But without that, can you make a successful relationship? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people who have had moderate chemistry in the beginning have really, really huge chemistry after a time. You know, think about the people you've had huge chemistry with and where are they now, right? If, if just, you know, dating on pheromones alone worked, 
we would all be with the guy who made us crazy 10 years ago, you know, and was a horrible boyfriend. So, you know, yes, you have to be physically attracted to the person you're with, but you know, when someone's kind or funny or super smart or playful or whatever, they get cuter, especially for women. Yeah. And you got to give it time. You know, what I tell people is, may I tell you my guidelines for going on a second date? Yes. Love that idea. You ask yourself four questions. The first question is, was there at least a moderate level of attraction, like a six or a seven? Like if this guy kissed me, would I be okay with it? Or would I be like, ooh? If the answer is no, I would be like, ooh, you don't go on another date with him. But if there was some attraction, the answer is yes, you go to the next question. And the next question is, from what I could tell, was this guy a good, kind human being? Just a good guy. If the answer is yes, the next question is, did I enjoy myself on the date? Did I have fun? Did I have a nice time? If the answer is yes, the last question is, are there any obvious deal breakers? Like, I want kids and he doesn't. Or I just found out he's moving overseas in June and I'm, you know, I'm going to be here in this city and have no desire to have a long distance relationship. So if the first three answers are yes, moderate attraction, good guy, and I had fun, and there's no obvious deal breakers, why on earth would you not go on a second date? Now you get to third and fourth date territory and you're not feeling more attracted to him as a person, more enthusiastic about spending time with him. If you're not wanting to kiss him by date three or four, then you've either got a friend or someone that you just let know, I don't feel that we're a fit. But, but the problem is so many people are just making a quick decision on a first date based on so little information, based on the fact that somebody is a poor dater and talked about his ex-girlfriend and said something negative. And you're like, oh, he's a negative person. He's not ready to date. He might be a very positive person who's actually ready to date, who just didn't know it was stupid to talk about that. Mm. You know, we've all done it. Have you heard about the book, The Rules? Yes. What do you think about it? Because let's talk about books for a second, because we're coming to the end of the podcast, and I definitely want to talk about yours. But The Rules, that book, gosh, it must be 20 years old. It's a really old book, and I read it a long, long time ago. I'm sure there are parts of that book that make a lot of sense still today, because men are men, (laughs) and women are women. But times are also changing. Yeah. You know? I think one of the rules was put a ribbon in your hair. I mean, for oh God's no. you know? Right. So I have, well, certainly, <laughs> certain, you know what? Men are still very attracted to femininity, even in, you know, 2023. It is our superpower and we can lean into it while we're still very strong, capable, you know, women. But I do think that in our business lives, we lean into our masculinity. And one of the things I think is fun as a woman is to really celebrate and lean into our femininity. Having said that, though, no, you don't need to wear a bow in your hair. But I do still think it's smart to allow a man to pursue you and work hard to date you. Allow a man to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. But also allow yourself to be pursued. Mm -hmm. I think you deserve his efforts. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Now, Michelle, your book, Never Waste Time on the Wrong Man Again. How do our listeners find the book? So easy. I'm going to give everyone who's listening a free download of the book so you can you can always find it on Amazon, but if you want a free download, you can read it on any device. Just go to michellesbook.com and I spell my name with two L's. So it's michellesbook.com and you can download it immediately. And one thing I will say to those of you listening who've been in relationships before that haven't served you, whether they were full of drama or just not quite right, if you read this book and you do what I teach you to do, that will never happen again. You literally will never waste time on the wrong man again. It's impossible. And I love that about this book. Well, thank you. 
for the book, for being you, for the great tips. It's all logical, but you just, you're, you're so right in everything you said. That is how we think. And to end this for the men, because quite a lot of men listen to the show. Oh, hey, hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi, guys. What's the one tip you would give a man who's dating right now? I only get one. My God. Okay, you've got three. Well, first of all, I'll give this tip to everybody be authentically yourself. Yeah. You know, show up as you because you want to find the right match for you, not just some version of you. But I will say to men, treat women beautifully, make the extra effort, you know, offer to walk her to her car. Truly, even though we're in modern times, if you're on a first, second, or third date, pick up the tab. Uh, <laughs> or- yeah. Yeah, no, no I mean, a lot of women offer, but they don't, they don't want they don't the man mean to it. accept. They don't mean it. <laughs> well, then, but I give the advice to women, don't do that because then you're setting a man up to fail. Men don't know what you want. Yeah. So be a total gentleman. Be consistent. If you want to find a woman who is emotionally healthy and commitment, you know, and ready for a healthy relationship, then you have to show up as someone who's a high quality person, you know, who is going to be consistent and is going to be a gentleman and is going to be, you know, really making an effort. You know, if you treat women terribly, the ones who are going to go for you are not going to be the healthiest ladies. Treat people how you want to be treated. Just have fun dating people. There are phenomenal, phenomenal people out there and you can meet them. They're everywhere, everywhere you go. I know it's hard to stay positive, but your person is out there and he or she is waiting for you. So don't give up. Be tenacious and keep trying. It's hard to stay positive. But do your best to keep going because you're going to find your person. It may take 60 dates, so don't quit at 59. Your person is out there. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. I cannot wait to actually dive into your book and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Sex, Body and Soul. Remember, you can find all my favorite products and resources to support your health and sexual wellness through my one-stop shop, The Body Agency. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. We are actually partnering up with Vital Voices to get much-needed dignity kits to the refugees in Ukraine. Girls and women do not have access to personal hygiene products that keep them safe and healthy. Please go to thebodyagency.com to donate a dignity kit today. Be sure also to sign up for our email list at The Body Agency for the latest curated recommendations from our industry experts and use our special promotional code PODCAST10 to get a 10% discount. Thank you for listening.